In the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. When approaching a door, the rules of engagement are fairly simple. When it is not crowded, hold the door open for people directly behind you. You should extend this door-holding radius a little further for people who are elderly or carrying things or have children. If someone is slightly too far away to hold the door for them without awkwardness, go through the door, but then push the door wider as you go through it so it might still be open for the person behind you. So says this slender little book called the Toronto Public Etiquette Guide that was recently published by the editors of Spacing Magazine in a humorous yet insightful look at the way that Torontonians live in the city with one another. The book begins with the recognition that, of course, there are rules of etiquette and good behavior that are universal, but that the peculiarities of life in Toronto, like our aging infrastructure, variable weather, and cultural diversity, have led to particular developments in etiquette, an unwritten code of how to get along in Toronto a code that is best exemplified by this passage. People come to Toronto to get things done, which comes with a love of efficiency. This love of efficiency is balanced by a traditional belief in politeness. Politeness is not the same as friendliness. This creates a certain sense of formality and distance, of not getting too close, that Torontonians appreciate. Polite and efficient and private. That's who we are as Torontonians. But who are we as Christians? After all, just as Toronto is a culturally diverse city, so too has Christianity over the centuries proven to be a theologically diverse and varied assortment of people called out by God in the world. So what is the code that binds us? Well, never would I want to be reductive of the gospel, but as we begin this Lenten season of quiet prayer and penitence, on the surface it might seem that what Jesus offers us tonight are some words of etiquette for the practice of our own faith as we embark on these 40 days and nights ahead. Tonight's gospel passage continues in the readings we've been hearing from the Sermon on the Mount on Sunday mornings for the past few weeks. It's here that we've heard Jesus extolling us as the salt of the world. We've heard Jesus caution us against the anger and the desire and the arrogance that leads to greater sin. We've heard Jesus revealing the great blessing of the law and the commandments, which guide us not just as individuals but as a community of followers of Christ living together. In effect, the Sermon on the Mount is our code as fellow Christians. And now on this Ash Wednesday, Jesus turns his attention to the way we practice our faith. And what seems to be at the heart of what Jesus says, be polite, efficient, and private. Excellent. Torontonians were made for this. We've been practicing for years. Put me in, coach. First off, we're exceptionally good at doing things quietly. Generally, Torontonians do not line up at transit stops. If the number of people waiting starts to get high, 
there's a gray area where every new person starts to make a mental note of who was there before them and will let them on first. Privately and politely, it seems the important thing is that the person you're letting on first doesn't know that you're actually letting them on first. It just happens. It just works out that way. And so inviting us into a Christian generosity, Jesus says, When you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you. Rather, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret. Secondly, like Jesus, Torontonians are quite interested in the proper use of public space, particularly our crowded sidewalks. If two or more people are walking together, Keep tight to leave other room, leave, uh, leave room for other people to pass. The person on the left should keep an eye out for times when someone needs to pass and drop back to give room when necessary. If a couple is holding hands, be sure to break off if necessary to let others pass. Likewise, in tonight's gospel, Jesus reminds us that our prayer is not meant to be an obstruction or an obstacle to others, but private and efficient and genuine. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. But go into your room, pour oil onto your head, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And the third thing Jesus says, well, Torontonians are all over this too, unless there's a protest, or the Jays, or the Raptors, or the Leafs, or maybe even the Argos win something, Torontonians are not fans of overt displays of very much. Again, from the book. Torontonians are, in general, non-confrontational. While there are always exceptions, most people go out of their way to avoid conflict with strangers. If a Torontonian sees someone breaching etiquette, they will generally glare at them without saying anything. They are hoping that the person will somehow sense the negative energy they are transmitting and change their behavior. How does Jesus suggest that we avoid such conflict as we practice our faith? He says, Whenever you fast, do not disfigure your face so as to show others that you are fasting, but put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may not be seen by others. Polite and private and revealing nothing. Torontonians would have it no other way. It's here, it's here though, that we might find that while the behaviors we value in the city, as dictated in this book, seem so perfectly aligned with the gospel that we just heard this evening, that really, clearly, Jesus is probably doing more than just encouraging us towards good civic manners and etiquette this Lent. For one thing, while we value our privacy in the city, we know that in our faith, we're supposed to have a bit more of a public face on that. After all, we know from Scripture that we are called to be a public witness. We are called to make the gospel known in all the world, in word and deed. We're invited to share that light of Christ. We were, after all, told in the reading just two weeks ago that we are the salt of the earth, a light on a hill that cannot be hidden. So why, as we begin these Lenten days, do we hear Jesus encouraging us suddenly to go dark and private? 
this season of Lent invites us into a season of contemplation, a time to reflect on why we Christians do what we do while we continue to do it. And on this night, as we are marked by ashes in the shape of a cross on which Jesus will be hung to die, the question of why we do anything at all is deeply important. Because there is always a reason. Why do Torontonians have strange unwritten rules about walking on the sidewalk? Because old Toronto has narrow sidewalks and we all have to get by. Why don't we line up for buses? because the bus doesn't always stop in the same place. There's always a reason we do what we do. So tonight, and through this season of Lent, let us ask ourselves, why do we do what we do in the name of our faith? Why do we give alms? Why do we pray? Why do we mark ourselves with ashes? And what do these words about dust, about dust and ashes have to do with our faith and hope and trust in the eternal life that Jesus holds out to us in the Easter light? That's where the words that Jesus says to us move beyond just mere rules of good faith etiquette and reveal something deeply important about our relationship with God that we are invited to dig deeper into this Lent. The God from whom we receive all good things, and so we give alms. The God to whom we look for, for grace and forgiveness, and so we pray. The God from whom we have more than we could need, and so we fast. The God who breathed life into dust, and so we mark ourselves with what we are. And the God who took dust, raised it on the cross, and in so doing, makes us whole in this life and in the next. In the city of Toronto, the reward for good etiquette is a peaceful trip home. It just might be that the reward in the city of God is the same thing. A blessed Lent to you all. In the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.